Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello again. Welcome to the Matchday Gagan Pod podcast on Optus Sport. Great to have you with us. We know the two sides that will be facing off in the Champions League final on Monday morning. Paris Saint-Germain of France and Bayern Munich of Germany. Coming up shortly, Mark Schwarzer joins us. He's somewhere around the border of Portugal and Spain. We'll find out more about that in a moment. We'll also have Dave Wiener join us a little bit later on as we look ahead to another European final, Sevilla and Inter Milan in the Europa League. Joining me, though, in the studio, Michael Bridges and Simon Hill. Good morning, gents. Bridgie, how are you today? I'm very well, Richard. Thank you. What a magical game of football we've witnessed and what a massive final we have. The dream final, I would say. Simon, as a caller, you get to Take your pick of all these amazing players because I think that'll be the theme of the final, won't it? Two really stacked outfits with, you know, not only great attacking weapons but uh, great midfields and defence as well. Mm. Yep, just got to get the right names out at the right time. So, uh, no, I'm looking forward to it. I think I think we've got the, you know, the two best teams in the final. Well, obviously we have because they've proved it. But in terms of an attacking final, I think we've got the best two teams as well because I think both teams like to go forward. So, I'm hoping there'll be a few goals from it. A call. For the neutral, it's perfect. Not too sure Mark Schwarzer is neutral. He always tries to be, although he's got Liverpool fans offside for some particular reason, although that's been going on for years. He joins us now on the podcast. Now, Schwartzy, I said before that you're somewhere around the border. What are you doing right now? Well, I'm actually heading back to my place in Spain. So I've obviously got a couple of days off between now and the final. So I decided to, to head back. Uh, see my my lovely wife for a couple of days and catch up with some friends before they all head off back to their respective places around Spain um, for the end of the holidays. He's the only man that is actually still in Spain, but his nose is in Portugal. It's incredible. (laughs) Two countries at once. (laughs) Well, at least I haven't crossed the Pacific with my nose. (laughs) Tussaud. Love you. Can I join in on this abuse? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, What did you think of the final, the the semi that Bayern uh, went on 1-3-0 against Leon? Uh, they did the job enough, uh, I suppose, at the end of the day. When you score three goals and keep a clean sheet, it's always good enough, uh, Schwartzy. But what did you make of it on the whole? You know what? It's kind of what I expected, really. Um, in the end, Bayern, I think, made it look pretty uh, routine. Um, I think they rode the luck at times. You know, playing a really, really high line was always going to be... It's going to always have its problems, wasn't it? I mean, they, they had problems against Barcelona. Barcelona didn't capitalise on their opportunities. The same as Leon. You know, there was... A, a time there at nil nil, Leon scores. You know the game's slightly different. I still felt that Bayern had enough um, to go on then and win the game. However, you know they didn't take their opportunity. The minute Bayern scored that first goal, Nabri 
fantastic finish. It just looked like you could see Leon, their heads dropping, almost like they realised they've missed the opportunity. Yeah, Serge Gnabry with two in the first half. He scored nine, Simon, in this competition, including four against Spurs as Michael Bridges drops his head here behind the scenes. And then you look at Robert Lewandowski, rounded it out in the second half with his 55th goal of the season. He obviously gets all the headlines, as he should, but uh, we're kind of forgetting quite often about guys like Gnabry that obviously support the pole up front. Well, Gnabry scored 23 in all competitions this season and contributed 12 assists, which is not bad given that he normally plays out wide. Um, and obviously they've had other contributors as well. But you know, overall, I think in the Champions League this year, they've now scored 42 goals in 10 matches. The record is Barcelona, 45, and they took 16 games to get there um, a few years ago. So... You know, it's it's a remarkable team in, in an attacking sense. I agree with Schwartzy though. I think defensively they are vulnerable, and um, I noted that he, you know, he said on the post-game show today that if you, if you look at the likes of it, I think it was Schwartz, only it might have been Johnny. I can't quite remember, but you know, Killian Mbappe will be looking at that high defensive line and thinking, hmm. I think that I, that will suit me quite nicely if I can get the right service. Thank you very much. Was it you, Bridgie? Sorry. Um, so I think I think there is a a weakness or two there to be exploited. But, geez, it makes for a great watch as a neutral because whether they're scoring or conceding goals, it's exciting. <laughs> I, I totally agree. I think the exciting thing about it is, is Bayern going to play that same style? Are they going to recognise that Leon almost exposed them early on in that game? They can't do that against PSG? Are they going to sit off a little bit deeper? All these tactical things that the managers and the, and the staff now are analysing, thinking where... Where can we get better and what what can we learn from that last performance? And the opposition are going, where can we exploit them? And I think PSG will have learned a hell of a lot from watching that Bayern game today. Pep Guardiola areas, though, to change your tactics at this point. And like Simon points out, they've done pretty well by Munich over the course of the season since the lockdown as well, Mark. I mean, geez, their form is phenomenal. Can you see them getting beaten by a PSG, do you think? Or do you think Hansi Flick would look at what PSG have done, what Leon did against Bayern, and sort of just plug up those little areas and ensure that they're at their absolute best when it counts. Well, can I see them get beaten? Of course. I mean, everyone's beatable. But it's, the thing is, when you look at it, it's 20 games in a row, Bayern Munich have won now in all competitions, which is in itself remarkable. Um, you know what? They're, they're vulnerable. You're right. Like the guys are saying, um, PSG are dangerous. They've got different quality players up front. They can hurt you. They will take their opportunities when given. The big question is whether or not buying them will outscore the opposition. I I think they'll take a slightly more conservative approach against uh, PSG, but only marginally. Um, Bayern don't generally change their tactics uh, regardless of who, against, who they're playing against. But I did also say since the restart, I said that Bayern were the team to beat. Um, I got ridiculed again, probably mostly by Liverpool fans, actually, even though there were other competition already by then. Um, but I was that I was uh, on a different planet. But you know what? I stick by it, and obviously I'm being proven right so far that they're right at the final. They're a big chance of winning it. Give that man a pat on the back. <laughs> Snore off. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bridgie. I love your support, mate. I mean, you always give me fantastic support. It's absolutely brilliant, mate. And by the way, you know, you just turn your head to the right a bit because your nose is on the road in. It's causing a delay. Oh, all right, Schwartzy, if you know everything about what's going to happen, you predicted it all, give us your best not nostril damas for the final then. Tell us the scoreline so we can go and put some put a few bets on. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to say that I think Bayern's going to win the game and I think they're going to win 3-1. Ooh, there you go. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah. Fair call. Uh, Schwartz, you better get back to the road. Uh, you shouldn't be driving and talking to us. I hope you've pulled over uh, somewhere safe. So what? You're, you're back there for a few days and then you're back into Lisbon before the final. What are you anticipating in terms of, you know, atmosphere it's definitely not going to be the same atmosphere if you go back 12 months when in Madrid we had that great final off the pitch at least between Liverpool and Tottenham we saw you know the streets and the squares flooded with fans sadly we won't have that but what have you observed over the last week to think that maybe a few fans may or may not come into town from either Paris or Munich absolutely zero there won't be any fans if anything well there won't be any fans I think there may be like probably 20 or 30 of them uh, that's about it. I mean, really, Lisbon is so quiet. Everyone's saying it. I mean, where you know, when you're getting an Uber, just an indication, right? Normally, when we do these Champions League games. The biggest complaint is trying to get a car, trying to get a taxi after the game, even before the game. If you wait, if you wait longer than two minutes for an Uber, you're almost cancelling it and getting another one because they are everywhere. There's hardly anyone in the city, um, and uh, and not much has changed. Today, actually, it was a big crowd, and the only reason it was a big crowd because there were protests outside Sporting Lisbon Stadium where Sporting Lisbon fans are very unhappy with their current president and they were calling for out to get out of their club uh, and that's the only reason there were some people at the ground. What a weird And that's time. during the off-season. Yeah. <laughs> you got to love it. What an extraordinary <laughs> time this is. We'll look back on it and hopefully it will be a one-off. Let's hope this doesn't go into next season. But, you know, whether whoever wins it, PSG, maybe it'll be their first title in the Champions League and it will be forever remembered as the time that no fans turned up. But Mark Schwartzer did. He was there for us making sure that he was covering all <laughs> angles, mate. Uh, we appreciate it as always. Enjoy a few well-earned days off and we'll speak to you soon. See you, guys. See you, Schwartzer. Take care, mate. So, Bridgie, we spoke about it on air before. You're saying that this is, in a lot of ways, the perfect final because obviously we look at the front three of PSG, we look at the front four of Munich, two midfields that are really finely balanced defensively, both teams coming off clean sheets. But I look at the benches. You look at the players that have come off the bench recently for Bayern Munich. I mean, Hernandez, Tolisso, Coman, Coutinho, Javi Martinez, Lesso, Sula played. He's a German international centre-back. And then for PSG, Draxler, uh, as well as Acardi. Acardi. I mean, Verratti, who has probably been their best midfielder for two years, might not even start. As a football purist, this is quite good. That's why I'm saying it's the perfect final, because they're household names we are talking about. They're world-class players. No disrespect to Leipzig and to, um, oh, everything's a blur now. Who, who's Leon, it? that was today. Leon. Leon, there you go. It's become a blur. I thought you were about to say Man City there. You are about to get a slap. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't upset you. But again, you, they're not household names, so you do a bit of research, you look at them, and you know they're, they're cracking players. But this final, it's just full of household names, and that's why I love it, because it, it just captivates everybody. Everybody wants to watch this. Everybody wants to be part of it. Young kids know who the players are. We know who the players are. The older generation, like Simon, know who the players are. It's fantastic. <laughs> that's, the, that's the first. It's, he's been gentle with me the yeah. first couple of podcasts, but now we're, we're getting to the nitty-gritty. So Simon Hill is very much part of the Optus Sport family. First couple of weeks, yeah. you know, yeah, the, the yeah, new recruit. has been nice to me. Yep. No, nah, it's over, mate. Welcome. Over. Just, just be careful when you get your nose near that microphone. <laughs> we're hearing the popping. <laughs> just uh, from a commentator's perspective, take us inside your world between now and then, Simon, because we mentioned those amazing players. There will be that moment, whether it's the the winning goal in the 89th minute, whether it's the winning 
penalty kick, of course, in the shootout, whatever it may be, it'll be remembered, it'll be played over and over throughout the years. How much do you prepare those moments? I know some commentators will write down mm. sentences and phrases that come off the back of a player's name, for instance. What about you? Yeah, look, so it, it, it helps to have something. Um, you know, for a particular player. I'll write a, a few lines down, but it doesn't always fit with the context. So you, you have to be mindful of the fact that the game of football can evolve in, in a thousand different ways. Um, I'll give you one example. Um, many years ago when Del Piero made his his home debut in, in the A-League, you remember, for Sydney FC, 35,000 people there. Um, and everybody wanted to see him score his first goal for Sydney FC. Now, I had a line prepared, um, you know, for if Del Piero scored. And thankfully, he scored a wonderful free kick from 25 metres out, which totally fitted my line. If the winning goal and his first goal for Sydney comes off his backside from two metres out and via a ricochet, me eulogising about his talent doesn't... Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Work. So, it, you know, it has to fit. And so it, it's, it's all about context, really. But yeah, you know, they're, they're, I'll, I'll maybe script a line or two for the odd player. Won't be, not for every player, because you can't do that. You can't, you know, you can't script a commentary. Yeah, fully. Can, can I ask you, Simon? Do you keep all of the paperwork and all the things that you've commentated on, and all the sheets of the players and things from over the years? I, I keep some of the big games from down the years. Um, at the end of every domestic season, when I worked on the A League, I would have a clear out. So you know, that's the the previous season's notes go in the bin. The purge, M- maybe maybe apart from you know a big one, a grand final, or a uh, a big international. You know, if I'd done an Asian Cup final or something like that, World Cup game, but no, most of them sort of go in the bin. But I keep the big ones, and I've you know I've still got the World Cup it, ones from most. Well, the reason I ask, I think it might yeah. have been Clive Tilsley this year. Yes, that was handing all the yeah. all of his stuff back out to the players. He sent some to Alan Shearer. He yeah. sent some to Gary Neville from big games over the years, and they they'd got his actual commentary sheets on, and he'd framed them up for them. I thought it was just a lovely. It gesture. is. It is a good touch. And to be honest, I I did this. Sorry, we're going way off track from the Champions League here, but I, I posted some of my notes on Twitter uh, from the Japan game in, in the World Cup 2006. And I, to be honest, I was amazed by the response. Mm. It, it, people were so interested in it, which I was like, wow. This is, I mean, because this is just the job, you know, for you, mm. for me. Um, and it got to a point where there's, we, we've actually done a, a little campaign, as I'm sure you've seen, with a company called Strip Tease. Uh, they put my notes of the Kale Aloisi thing in 2006 on a T-shirt, and there's a mug and a bedspread and you know I don't know underpants and all sorts of things, all with my commentary notes on, which is it's just bizarre, really. It's very nice, but it's it's bizarre. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know where we were going there. Yeah, I think, and we, we did it for charity as well. You know, the, the profits don't go to me or, or to strip tech; they actually go to the John Moriarty Football. Foundation for Indigenous Kids, which is great. But Fantastic. Uh, yeah. I love the idea that one day your doodles could be on someone yeah. else's underwear. I know. 
It's so weird. Instead of but his doodles being on his so own weird. underwear. <laughs> this well, whole job is so weird. Well, I think that particular call, <laughs> yeah, we are sidetracking somewhat, but that's fine. That particular call, Kaiser Slouten, yeah. for me, is still, you know, that's hair on the back of the next scenario. Same as your winning call for Australia Socceroos 2015 Asian yeah. Cup final. I love Thanks, that full time whistle. Uh, and, you know, let's see what we get on Monday morning. Hopefully we'll get that big seminal moment from the Champions League. We won't so. see the crowd. It won't be uh, the same as always, potentially. But we know that someone will do something special uh, to win this competition. We're going to get your predictions a little bit later on as we round out the pod. But let's get Dave Weiner into the discussion because we've got two finals coming your way out there over the next few days. On Saturday morning, the Europa League final, Sevilla and Inter Milan. Uh, hello, Dave. It's great to have you on as always. Uh, who do you like in this one in terms of who's best primed to go and win the thing? Hello, Jess. What, a, what an interesting little chat that was to, to listen to in the background. Very, very nice. Um, I like both teams. I like. I love the final. I love what's set up here. I know a lot of fans in Australia would have loved to see Manchester United in, but this is a great final with two teams with lots of history in European competition. And I fancy Inter for the stage for Antonio Conte. Uh, who has managed to win a trophy in the first season at Juventus, at Chelsea, and he's now on the cusp of doing that at Inter, having taken them to within one point of Juve on the table. But it's a fantastic matchup between uh, Lopetegui, Julian Lopetegui's side, who, who will get on the front foot and, and look to get high up the pitch and, and dictate terms against Inter, who have just been so phenomenally ruthless uh, when they're at their best this season. So a great matchup. And you know I love a narrative, Rick. You know I love a storyline and the redemption story and Lovatigui versus um, Conte. It's the it's the redemption of the two men who had their dreams shattered in 2018 when they were at the peak of their powers. Of course, Conte cut down at Chelsea and the famous sacking before the World Cup in Spain before lasting barely barely weeks at Real Madrid thereafter. So they've both reinvented themselves here at Sevilla and at Inter Milan, and it's going to be a you, you can't tip this one with any conviction. It is even season. Well, uh, I think you can because Michael Bridges on the show brought in a new element, which you know we sometimes go down the path of serious analysis and trying to tip results based on you know form and all those sorts of important things, XG, etc. But Michael Bridges brought in the the concept of who's got the better jersey. Now, Bridgie, <laughs> you went for Inter Milan. I have to agree with you. Let's go down the jersey path for a moment because I think if it comes to jerseys, we're saying what. Inter Milan, the Europa, and then PSG in the Champions League. You agree with that from a fashionista point Absolutely. of view? Absolutely. No, no red. And that's the thing. I love Simon's, Simon's analogy as well was, no red. <laughs> Don't want to do Manchester United. Easy as. I love it. Yep. Sorry to Sevilla and uh, Bayern Munich fans. Uh, Inter Milan, I, I couldn't believe Simon. They hadn't won a trophy since Mourinho was there. Yeah. This is a massive club. We know Juve have been dominant domestically, but they haven't even won a cup. Well, this extends to AC Milan as well. The, the whole city of Milan, which is a, a fabulous football uh, you know, part of the world, and I, I've, I've done the tour around the San Siro State. Have you, have you ever done that? Oh, it's amazing. It's incredible. Uh, and both clubs have you know, such long and successful storied histories. Um, but they, they've fallen in uh, sort of dark times over the last few years. I don't quite know what's happened to the city of, uh, of Milan, but it's good to see Inter on the way back. And I think AC are, are on their way back as well. But uh, Conte's done a good job there. And, you know, you said to me during the on-air coverage today that he's almost put together a, a band of Premier League rejects, if we want to mm. call them that. Christian Eriksen, Ashley Young, Romelu Lukaku, um, Alexis. Alexis Sanchez... Yeah. 
but they're performing for it. And and we always knew that they were very talented players. Um, so I, I think they're slight favourites. But the, the the flip side to that is, of course, Sevilla just win this competition. <laughs> that's what they do. <laughs> they, a, they I think that's it. why they're in existence, well, is to win this it's competition. It's almost a shame for Sevilla if and when they qualify for the Champions League. Because yeah. they know no, that they, they don't can, want the Champions League. This no. is their trophy. Maybe play in the group stage, <laughs> finish third, yeah. engineer it. That's fine. It, it is a shame. You know, you look at some of the new stadiums and they're all fantastic. But the San Siro, when that goes, it's going to be such a shame because it's such a unique uh, cauldron. It just feels, it looks so different to anywhere else. Uh, Dave, that storyline that uh, Simon touched upon, I feel like the UK press has given it a fair old workout. And hey, we're talking about it too, so we've been sucked into it. But Lukaku, Sanchez, Ericsson, Young, uh, Conte, mm. all of them with points to prove. Mm. Hey, 15% of Manchester United's permanent first team signing since 2014 are playing in the Europa Champions League final over the next few days. So that's actually, you've got to have a bit of a chuckle at that. The redemption is, is brilliant. And the Lukaku one is probably the centerpiece of that because, you know, Ericsson's been a bit more peripheral. Sanchez has played a bit of second fiddle to Lasura and Martinez. Um, Ashley Young's actually been a permanent fixture there. But Lukaku's obviously gone on and been, and he's re- recaptured his best. He's been fulfilling his potential there. He's been a battering ram up front for them. But it's so interesting because people said to me during the week, doesn't this show you know what United could have been in those last few weeks when they were blowing a gasket? And I'd love, Bridget, I'd love to know what you think here now, just looking back in hindsight, um, because I'm still not sure United were better off keeping Lukaku. I think it worked for everyone. I think it's an easy storyline to say, look what United missed, because I think it suited all parties and Lukaku's gone on a thrive and Solskjaer's got the type of team he wants. But it's certainly the centrepiece of this Inter Milan story because of the way Conte's built it up. Has Solskjaer got the team he wants? They need a number nine who is a prolific goal scorer. I still, I love Martial. I like the way he plays. They've got the young boy Greenwood. They've got Rashford. They have not got a guy that can hold play up uh, and run the other way. And that was Lukaku. And whether he had the, the goals set from the target, so he didn't have the relationship, he just looked lazy and sluggish for them. He didn't look interested. He's gone to Milan, Conte, whatever he has done, has given him a new lease of life. He's got himself professionally sorted his diet out. United still need him. I thought it was a shocking decision to let him go. Speaking of not looking interested, as soon as you mentioned Manchester United on this pod, Simon Hill... Uh, Shoulders back, arms back in <laughs> exasperation, uh, the fact that we're talking about them. They're out of this competition. Uh, Dave, before we let you go, give us a tip. Who's going to win the Europa League final? Yeah, I'll go with Inter. I'll go with Inter. Um, but I'm really looking forward to the game. Should be awesome. Uh, Ned Zelich once described to us, he said, uh, if the Champions League is the beautiful waltz, the Europa League is the barn dance uh, because of the <laughs> stuff you tend to get on Thursday evenings in Europe. The final hopefully should live up to that theme. Uh, Dave, good to chat to you. We'll speak to you soon. Take care, boys. Cheers, Desco. Dave oh, Wiener, no, one bro. <laughs> Dave Wiener, keep across uh, the Optus Sport uh, website, sport.optus.com.au. Dave will have some great feature pieces between now and the final, and afterwards these uh, after these finals uh, in the postseason as well. Always good analysis. All right, gents, we've got to wrap this up. Let's give some one-word answers on the Europa League theme. Who wins it, Sevilla or Inter, Bridgie? You know that is an impossible task for me to give one. <laughs> And one word answers like Dave Weiner. We need to rattle on, but I will say 
Enter. Well, I wanted you to say severe because you've no. had a, you've had a real issue with that word the last couple of days. How do you say it? It is my native Tuang from the northeast, Sevilla. <laughs> Sevilla. Sevilla. <laughs> it hasn't even got a bloody I in the name, but somehow I can make one get in there. Well, it Sevilla. does because it's Seville, but Se- we would have Seville. given you Seville. It's fine, Bridgie. It's Thank okay. Uh, Simon, who do you like? I just want to say Sevilla, just so, yeah. so I can say Sevilla. it. I actually think Inter will uh, will win. I, th- I think they've got more firepower, so I'm going to go for Inter. I'll go Inter as well. Uh, I think they'll be. I think they're worthy of it. And also, my barber, Alessandro. Shout out to you, Alessandro. You're a big Inter fan. I hope they win for you. All right, Champions League. Same thing. Who wins it, Bridgie? PSG against the grain. B a y e r n. Okay, I think most people will go for Bayern. I will as well, PSG, of course, have never been in a final before. You wonder how much mental pressure will be on them potentially because of not clearing that hurdle before. And, of course, the expectation coming from their Qatari owners have pumped a lot of money into them the last nine years. Bayern Munich, they, though, haven't been in a final for seven years. They also will expect to add a sixth Big Ears trophy. We're out of time here on the Gagan Pod. Michael Bridges, thanks for your time. Have a great day. You too. Simon, always a pleasure. Great to see you, Rich. Looking forward to this weekend. It's going to be a big weekend indeed. Saturday morning and Monday morning. We hope you out there will be joining us. And remember, between now and then, there's so much on the Optus Sport app. On Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, Mark Schwarzer and Adriano Del Monte will be taking your questions live from Lisbon, live on our Facebook and YouTube channels at Optus Sport. We'll have all the countdown, the build-up, after, of course, we see who wins the Europa League and Optus Sport. Between now and then, of course, make sure you enjoy your football. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.